Chapter 22 I have run mag hover trucks. I have flown bug fighters. I have flown Skritnaw raiders at 3,000 miles per hour in atmosphere. But I had never experienced anything more exhilarating than racing down the valley and out across the open Taxon Desert in my Mustang. It only went 100 miles per hour, but with the wind in your face, whipping your fur, bending your stalk eyes back, it was certainly a wild ride. But everything was going wrong. I was racing across the Taxon Desert in a human vehicle toward probable doom. But with the wind in my face and the music in my ears mingling with the loud roar of the engine, I didn't feel so badly. I had gathered up some of the other human objects the Skritnaw had taken, the riding sheets with pictures, some of the machines that looked like weapons, and some of the glass bottles containing liquid. I broke several of the bottles before I figured out how to open them. After that, I quickly determined that they contained water-based liquids. I poured the liquids into a shallow pan and was able to stick in one hoof to drink as I drove. Dur pepper, the bottles had said. I figured that was human writing for bubbling brown water. For a while, I just put Arbron out of my mind. I put Aloran out of my mind. And I pictured myself with Lauren, driving in my Mustang across the green grass of earth, wind in my face, bubbling brown water running up my hoof. As I drove, I tried to come up with a plan. One thing was for sure. An Andalite in a Mustang was going to be just slightly obvious. I would need stealth. But I would not morph to Taxon again. Not ever. That's when the ground beneath my wheels simply opened up. Fwoomph! Ah! Boom, boom, rum, 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 rum. The Mustang tumbled and rattled down a steep, rough slope, a dirt ramp that led straight down into darkness. Ah! I took my hoof off the accelerator pedal. I tried to reach the key to turn off the engine, but the vibration was too severe. I slid and rattled and rolled in my human machine, down, down, down into the ground. Down and down. And then I slid to a halt. Scroomph! The only sound was the noise of the engine and the weird human moaning that passed for music. I turned off the music. I was in darkness, but not the absolute darkness I expected. This darkness still afforded sight. There was light enough for my main eyes to see, after they'd had a few seconds to adjust. I was in a vast underground cavern. Dominating the center of the cavern was a sort of hill or small mountain. It was this mountain that glowed. It glowed a dim but unmistakable red. From this irregular glowing hill came tendrils, each perhaps three or four feet in diameter. As my eyes adjusted, I could see that there were a dozen or more of these tendrils, and that each one extended to the edge of the cavern, and then kept going into the rock itself. The tendrils, too, glowed a dim red. I realized that I could see things moving inside the tendrils. The tendrils were hollow. They were tubes, each about as big around as... as a taxon. I saw them then. My eyes finally pierced the darkness and saw the taxons. Dozens. No, hundreds. They swarmed around and over the glowing red mountain. 
As I watched, I saw holes open in the sides of the tunnel tendrils. Out crawled more taxons. They had to see me. They couldn't help but see me. And yet, none moved to attack me. Instead, they busied themselves pushing dirt and rock back into place to fill the space my Mustang had created. Is this the creature? Ah! I screamed. The voice in my head was huge! Massive! I grabbed my head with my hands. It was like hearing a planet speak. It was only then, as I staggered under the psychic blow, that I realized it. The Red Mountain was alive! I heard a different thought-speak voice. Yes, that's him, Arbron said. He is called Elfingor. One taxon came slithering toward me out of the mass of bodies around the base of the Red Mountain. It moved clumsily. Two rows of legs were shorter than the others. Arbron? Yes, Elfingor. It's me. I was afraid you were dead, I said. I wanted to be. But I am still alive. Alive to serve the living hive. The what? He waved one taxon claw back toward the massive, glowing mountain. The living hive. Light of the taxons. Mother and father of the taxons. The hive has lost many of its children to the Yerks. Many of its servants have betrayed the hive and made an alliance with the Yerks. But the living hive is still the mother and father of the species. Arwen, what are you talking about? Have they done something to you? Then he laughed, the old Arbron again, for just a moment. Have they done something to me? Well, they didn't eat me, if that's what you mean. The taxons who found us after we crashed wanted to eat us both. But I gave them the scrit instead. I had no choice. And then the living hive learned what I was. It drew me here. We're hundreds of miles from where we landed. How did you get here? You couldn't possibly have walked. The Living Hive's tunnels extend across thousands of miles, Elfingor. There is suction in the tunnels. The taxon has only to fold back its legs, and the pressure draws it swiftly down the tunnel, as the Hive commands. The legs I... The legs you were missing. They're growing back. Yes, taxons can regenerate legs. Arbron, what's going on? It wasn't an accident that the ground opened up beneath me. Did the... the living hive want me here for some reason? Yes, Elfingor. The hive is angry. At me? I asked, feeling my guts turn over several times. If this glowing red mountain was mad at me, all it had to do was yell in its monstrous psychic voice, and I'd be shattered. The living hive is tired of losing its children to the Yerks. The Living Hive has long sought a way to destroy the Yerk invaders and remove them from this planet. But the Hive could not understand the Yerks and their machines. Now, the Hive has an advisor. Someone who understands machines, spaceships, dracon beams. Someone who will help the Hive destroy the Yerks and their traitor taxons. I stared at Arbon. You? He laughed, but this time there was no mirth. What better future could I have, Elfingor? I am Taxon now. And now I am preparing for a surprise attack on the spaceport. The Hive will send a thousand of her children with me. I will lead a Taxon rebellion. I didn't say anything. 
what was there to say? My hearts were breaking. Arbron slithered closer, shuffling on his needle-like legs. He looked at me through red jelly eyes. And even now, I knew he seethed with raging taxon hunger. Don't pity me, Elfangor. I'm glad I didn't die. Any life is better than none. And no matter how awful things seem, there is always meaning and purpose to be found. And you found your purpose? We attack tonight. The Living Hive is pushing her tunnels closer to the spaceport. A thousand taxons will pour from the ground, surprising the Yerks and all their creatures. I imagined that moment. A thousand huge, hungry worms erupting amid the technological cathedrals of the ship's cradles. Erupting amidst taxon controllers and hork controllers. You'll lose, I said. We know, Arbron said. But even a taxon has the right to control its own planet. Even a taxon has the right to resist an invader. But you can't win, I said flatly. Aren't lost causes sometimes the best causes, Elfingor? How could he imagine that anything to do with taxons could ever be a good cause? These taxons were no less cannibalistic, no less murderous. And yet, if they opposed the Yerks, could I refuse to offer that help? Tell me what I can do to help, Arbron. That's more like it, Elfingor. We'll put some tail blades into these Yerks, right? Right? We'll be heroes after all. <laughs>